You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone. I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. I had quite the eventful weekend this weekend. Um, in addition to my son turning 13, giving me, making me the father of a teenager for the first time in my life, um, and also bringing back all of the things that happened when I was 13, the, the, the massive life changes that I went through at that point, uh, both as a result of biology and, and you know, uh, circumstances around me, uh, brought a whole flood of, of emotions back to me, uh, but very happy to see uh, what was once my little boy grow into a, a young man and, and, and continue that journey. And much like that, Southampton grew into the game against Everton, uh, started off a little rocky, got a little better, still come up short a little bit, uh, but there's always room to improve. And I think that that kind of goes with with what happens. Uh, we, we often fail at whatever we try, uh, but as long as we kind of keep improving and keep going, uh, there's really nothing more that I could ever ask for. Um, so before I start crying, I will move on to talk about um, this week's episode. Um, I had the chance to talk about um, the match against Everton with Daniel Adam, who runs the Saints FC page on Instagram. Uh, he's also on Twitter at Dan23SFC, and the link to both of those is in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. But Dan lives in Malaysia, and, and him being from Malaysia uh, means that this is only the second time that I've ever had uh, anybody from, from Eastern Asia on the show. And so um, it threw me off a little bit just in terms of, of timing. We were talking, it was, it was literally time to, for him to go to sleep um, as we were talking. And I was just waking up. I was waking up at uh, five o'clock, uh, 5 a.m. to talk to him. And um, at that point, my son and his friends who were spending the night were outside jumping on the trampoline. And, you know, my neighbors haven't spoken to me since then. So we'll see how that all goes. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, neighbors, um, I'm sorry. I don't know. I also know why you're listening to this. You guys don't even like football, as we call it. Anyway, so on this week's show, I will talk to Dan. Uh, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about his page. Um, we'll take some listener questions. Thank you to everybody who sent those in. Uh, what we don't talk about, though, what didn't make the show uh, was the fan forum. And um, if you had a chance to attend the fan forum or you watch the fan forum on YouTube, uh, whatever you made of it, you know, I'm not sure that we learned a whole lot, but I don't know. I'm not going to complain about them putting it on. I think it, 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 they, they said they wanted to be more transparent. This is a way they can do that. Um, if you go into it thinking, you know, we're going to learn a ton from it, uh, that we're going to suddenly be given access to, 
the inside insider kind of knowledge about the club. I don't think that's correct. I think you'll be disappointed. Uh, I think if you give fans just the chance to ask some questions that they really want to ask, I think some people really went for the juggler. They asked why Les and Ralph were still employed, why they hadn't resigned. Um, there were things like that. And you had things about stadium expansion and, and everything in between. So um, I thought Adam Blackmore did a fantastic job kind of moderating. Um, I learned that that Ralph crumbles under pressure a little bit. I learned that Les probably doesn't like to talk in public and probably will never do it again. Um, and also Mark Hughes and Danny Ings both know how to communicate with people and people like them. And I think that is what we learned from that. Um, also, Danny Ings very happy to be playing at Southampton. Um, and I want to know how short the straw was that he drew now that forced him to show up to that uh, within you know a week or so of being at the club. Good news for him, though. He got on the score sheet at Everton, uh, our first goal of the season. So maybe if we just have a fan form every single week, uh, whoever shows up will score. Um, we'll just put the whole team up there and we'll call that good. So anyway, um, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, this week, we do have another page from the Southampton page from Jay. He's going to fill us in on his thoughts on Everton. Uh, after that, we'll come back and then we'll head to my interview with Daniel Adam, uh, who is who runs once again the Saints FC page on Instagram. So here is Jamie from the Southampton page to give us a quick look at his thoughts on the match. Hello, Matt. This is Jamie. This week, I'm going to discuss my thoughts on the Everton game with you all. Um, basically, I thought the scoreline was um, nicer to us than, than I thought it could have been. We could have lost by way more by the chances and we could have e- easily walked away with a draw, which not a lot of people would have said we might have deserved. But yeah, it was good to see Danny Ings getting off the score mark as well with his goal. Hopefully he can push on against Leicester next week, which is a crucial game for me now. We need to aim for the three points when we play Leicester. But yeah, that's hopefully hopefully that can spur us on with him getting his goal. And obviously the result wasn't the best, but hopefully we can group together, have a good week on the training ground and be ready for Leicester next weekend. So yeah, that's me for this week, Matt. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it. And uh, next week, there will be no uh, short page from the Southampton page because uh, we're going to get a whole chapter because Jamie's going to join me for uh, an entire episode to talk about the Leicester match. Um, I'm actually going up to Napa uh, this weekend. So hopefully, one, it's not on fire. Two, um, we are responsible in the wine that we consume. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Hoping that the uh, the game on Saturday that I can sit and watch in the sunshine uh, maybe with a glass of wine, even though it'll be 7 a.m. Um, and just to kind of enjoy, uh, I don't know what I'll be enjoying, but hopefully I'll be enjoying the football and the wine um, and, and a number of other things that I'm sure will come along with that. So uh, anyway, let's jump ahead to my interview with Daniel Adam. Uh, once again, we don't talk about the fan forum. We talk about his page. We talk about uh, supporting the club from, from Malaysia. Uh, we talk about the game against uh, Everton. And that is pretty much it. So um, let's go ahead and do that now. And we'll talk to you at the end of the show. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Daniel Adam. He is the admin for the Saints FC page on Instagram. He's on Twitter at Dan23SFC. Joining me all the way from Malaysia, uh, late in the evening, early morning for me. Uh, Daniel, welcome to the show and thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks, man. Pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. I've been uh, the page has been doing well. It's been popping up on my feed, uh, kind of all over the place, and I've been enjoying the the questions and the other things you've been putting out. So uh, thanks for doing that, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Thanks. 
obviously we have to talk about Everton a little bit and, and we will, but before we do that, uh, just like to get to know the guests a little bit, uh, kind of introduce you, uh, to, to, you know, the listeners. And so uh, if you don't mind, we'll just kind of start there. Yeah, sure thing. I don't mind. So first thing is, is normally I talk to people who are in the UK and I, and uh, all around the world really, but I think I've only ever had one other guest from what we consider, I guess, East Asia or Southeast Asia for you, right? Yep. So, so tell us a little bit, just, you know, how did you become a fan of the club living where you live and, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start there. Well, my dad's Dutch and, um, I, I was just a really big fan of Premier League football and La Liga in general. And obviously I was a fan of Ronald Koeman since I'm Dutch and everything. And Virgil van Dijk was at the club and, uh, Jordi Clasi was at the club and all of them, and Hugo Martina. And the club was like eighth, sixth, not bad. So I was like, Hey, I'm actually interested. And then I started watching all the games and then came the season where we were doing really, really well, third at third at a point in the season, maybe even second. And yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not a team hopper, so that's where that's how I am right here right now. All right, all right. I do have uh some I was given a, a, a Dutch jersey and I, I wore it proudly for several years and then Van Dyke kinda of did what he did and now I have a harder time putting it on. <laughs> but um Yeah, man. Hopefully hopefully Hoot can uh can can restore that. Well let's see, because it's not looking that bright from so far, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what, what, what is it like? I mean, for me here in the United States, we have access to every game. Um, I, I noticed a big difference when I went to the UK. We couldn't watch the games on TV. It's like if you're not at the game, actually, then, then basically you're not going to be able to watch it on TV without some sort of illegal stream. Uh, what, what, is it, what is access to the team like for you uh, living where you live? Well, I mean, obviously I've got Twitter, so I follow the team on Twitter and Instagram as well. And um, actually, here we've got a really, really good system of TV channels. It's probably the best in Asia. So I'm able to watch every single Premier League match live on demand whenever I want. So I can watch every single match live on my TV. So that's pretty cool. Kind of the same as us here. That's, and I know that, that people in the UK don't always like that. Um, and not that they don't <laughs> like that. They wish they had more access to it. But. You know, I actually relate to them because like, it, it must be kind of sad that you're in your own country and you're probably 10 kilometers from the stadium and you still can't watch the game. But then I'm halfway across the world and I can watch that game. If I find it weird sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, the MLS here, uh, similar stuff. Unless you buy some, you know, kind of expensive TV package or special deal, then you can't you can't watch the games. And uh, whereas I pay, I think it's less for me to watch all the Premier League games than it is for me to try to watch all the the MLS games. So it's uh, I don't know. Access is just easier, and the timing works out for me because usually the, the children aren't awake. Although we were talking beforehand, my son has turned 13, and his friends and him are currently jumping on the trampoline it's uh 5 30 a.m and my neighbors are gonna hate me so it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's okay um given that i mean are you do you normally your parents watch football do your parents support southampton or no. how does that work the thing is they're not really supportive of my football watching habits because like games tend to be late night for me like the game last night was at 10 p.m for me and they don't really like it because um technically my house is a motion sensor alarm and we have to turn it off before um before i go upstairs so whenever I go upstairs after a game, I have to turn it on and it makes this loud beeping, beeping noise. And they're not really a big fan of that because it wakes them up at three in the morning after a game. Yeah. So, and the thing is they don't really care about football, so they don't want me to watch that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's one of my only hobbies. So I like watching games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be worse. You, you could be watching, you know, other stuff, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, my friend, um, normally I would say like, you know, we could have recorded, you know, in the morning for you or whatever uh yesterday but my my son like i said was playing was here and 
all his friends were playing Fortnite. My Wi-Fi was just watching all the bandwidth just get sucked out of my life. So I couldn't do anything. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, so, I mean, you're watching from there, uh, from Malaysia, you you know, late nights for you. Um, how, how did the page come about? How did you start kind of wanting to, to, to do the page or take over the page or create the page or however it worked? I actually, I actually, um, on Twitter, I offered to help, you know, Robbie, right? Saints of France. Yeah. yeah. Um, I contacted him about Saints World FC because he needed an admin for Instagram. So I started working on that when it had like six, seven followers and I, and I grew it up to like 140. And then I came in contact with the guys at the Saints FC page when they were at like 1,600 or 1,500. And they said they were looking for a new owner. So I don't know. I started texting them, not about the page in general, but just like talking with them because Josh was a cool guy and everything. Uh-huh. And eventually he decided to give it to me. So I thought, oh, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I've gone about like revamping it and everything, but I have I stayed true. I've, I've kept the username and everything. And uh, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I've been working on it since. Yeah. Okay. So Josh was on the show uh, a, a while ago. Uh, and so, oh, really? yeah, yeah. So we, we, we talked about that. And then shortly after that, uh, maybe a couple months or so is when he started looking for a new admin and, uh, you know, and here we are just not that long ago, but it's, I I've enjoyed the, the cha- kind of changes you made. Uh, I, thought, I, th- I thought Josh did a great job, but it's uh it's slightly, you know, just, just enough of a change now to, to be some, one of those things that is, is prominent in the way Instagram works. You know, the more you interact with the page, the more you see it. And so, uh, yeah. You, you tend to be towards the top and uh, at the front of the story. So uh, thanks oh, for that. Cool. Yeah. Um, so prior to, to kind of taking over this page and, and running uh, the page with Robbie, had you done social media stuff before that? Or was this kind of a new venture for you? I mean, I already had my own page and everything, right? Like my personal page and stuff. But I wasn't really into that kind of stuff because honestly, I just didn't have the time and I was busy with sports and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, eventually I had some time and, I don't know if I'll have to get a new admin by the time my exams roll around in May, but uh, I didn't have any prior experience. I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to bring some content that I like seeing to people that maybe they like seeing as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, things went uphill from there. All right. All right. And I mean, watching the game and, and kind of just enjoying it, I don't know, I always kind of tell people when I started the podcast, it, it does change the way you kind of, you know, interact with the team and, and the way you kind of watch the games because now I watch and take notes and things like that, but like has, has running the page kind of changed the way you, you view the team or anything like that? Well, I mean, I see, um, like nowadays, every time I see the fans in the stadium, I think, damn, I'm actually like providing content for them and stuff. And like, I- I'm going to be honest, I've never been to a game, but I'm planning to soon when, um, when I graduate with all of my exams and I'm, and I'm sincerely hoping to meet some of these fans that I've been like talking to and everything with my page, because I see the team as like more of a, more of a, more of a following. I used to think it was just something on the other side of the world, you know, but now I'm starting to think, oh, it's, it's pretty cool, you know? It really is. And when I, you know, made it over to the UK, um, right, right around Easter last year, I was at the, the West Ham game when we got, uh, you know, beat three, nothing. Oh. Um, <laughs> that, that was, uh, that was one of the most kind of surreal experiences I've ever had. You know, I met up well, with getting killed by a team in the mid table. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I met Freddie from the ugly inside kind of right out my, right outside my, my hotel and, uh, oh, that's uh cool. into a pub and onto the train and across the city and, and walking up and, and then you, you know, seeing people who you you've talked to, you know, only through Twitter or only on the podcast or whatever, and, and getting to meet them in person and just that kind of, I don't know, I just meeting them in person was, was something that I, I won't ever forget. 
Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I hope you have a similar experience when you, when you get the chance to, to get over there. Yeah, I sure hope so. Well, that was, the, I think that was the good part of the show. Um, now we have to talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, what, what, what happened, uh, yesterday <laughs> yeah. or yeah, yesterday, yesterday. Uh, so yeah, what happened yesterday. on Saturday? Um, but let's, let's start. I have, you know, lots of questions and, and, um, so we'll, we'll kind of get your thoughts on this. And then I think we have some listener questions. I think both of us have some, so we'll ask those, um, kind of towards the end, but, um, obviously Goodison park, never really a good place to go, especially, you know, uh, recently in, in recent memory. Yeah. So, um, given that, you know, we show up with the team and we'll start with the lineup, uh, four, four, two, uh, what did you make first off of the formation and then, uh, of the lineup? Well, I mean, I, I was hoping for something a bit different to the game previously because, um, I was disappointed by the performance against Burnley personally. So, I mean, we had a good second half and everything, but the first half was just really, really boring for me. And um, I, I, I stayed home from a dinner to watch the watch the game, and I was and I was just really disappointed. Like I, I wanted an improvement, and um, I thought the I thought the beginning against Everton was pretty much the same against the beginning as Burnley, even though we had a different formation and everything, just because we were chasing the ball the whole time. But four four two, I think it's the way to go as long as we have a new signings in the game because they can really change a game, as seen with Danny Ings and um, what's it, Mo Yunusi in the last game. But yeah, I, I'm I'm hopeful for this four four two. So so for me, it's uh, you know we spent all preseason, but the end of last season and much of the preseason playing with a back three, and. Yep. And I don't know. I'm a. I guess I'm. A, I have to say I'm a little bit disappointed. It's not necessarily that's my favorite formation. That's not. That's not it. It's just that, you know, we have a, a system that we've been, you know, working on. And of course, it takes time to adapt to that system and and get everybody kind of comfortable with it. But, and I, and I would agree that we didn't look very good at the opening. You know, thirty five minutes or so against Burnley. But to see us kind of abandon that, uh, almost already. Maybe that. Maybe to me that's a. It's a bit worrying. But. I, I guess when I'm thinking about it, there's I don't think that they would have changed the system just because Vestergaard was out and all of a sudden we didn't have three fit center backs. I I think no I think that that the plan was to play four four two, and and I would I would imagine it would have been Hoot and and Vestergaard in there. But I guess my only kind of real worry is that we're kind of abandoning that that strategy or that that formation uh, so early in in the season after we kind of worked on it all all preseason and I. And I don't know. I think you can get two people up top if that's what you want in like a if you play like a three five two or whatever it is. But um, I, I mean, are you okay with with moving forward with the four four two? You sound like you're, you're okay with that. Personally, I like looking at the way we played against Burnley in the second half with the four four two after Cedric came off. I I mean, I'm supportive of it. I mean, I'm supportive of the formation that works best. And if Hughes has found a way that uh, that works better than the previous time, then I'm totally in support of that because. Obviously, we did have the best of pre-seasons. We lost 3-0 to Mönchengladbach, and, uh, and we won 3-2 by a slim margin to Celta Vigo. So, I mean, as, as, long as, it's, as long as it works, then I'm totally for it. All right, all right. Uh, what did you make of some of the personnel that were used yesterday? Um, whether you want to start at the back and kind of build forward, or you can kind of pick out any player you want to, to start with? Uh, I, I, I don't want Hoot and Stevens in the team. They're, they're not good enough, in my opinion. Who, I mean... Like, and... Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say, obviously, you know, Vestergaard is, is the, the starter there at, at one spot, yeah. but who, who would you partner with him then? You know what I don't get about, um, about the management of this club? We've got three World Cup starter center backs, and we don't play, we don't play like two or three of them. 
like I, I get that Wesley Hoot may be a bit like more fancy, like he's got a left foot, there's more diversity, but I don't get it. We've got Jan Bednarek and we've got Maya Yoshida in the squad and they both don't play. I mean, there's got to be something wrong there because sh- surely it just can't be they're not good enough, right? Right, absolutely. And I, and I know, you know, it's been said before, but a lot of times, a lot of us, you know, we have this this idea of a, what a player is from before, you know, and when when we were playing with Alderweireld and 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 Font or even Van Dyke and Font, and you brought Maya Ishida in, he tended to have a mistake in him. Um, but I think he's he's pushed on as a player from there. I think he's 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 better than that now. Agreed. Um, yeah. But it, it's hard to to do that sometimes, and so that that's fair, I guess. But maybe they're not fit yet. Maybe they're not ready to go. Um, but you would have to think that, that one of them would be pushing for a start. And I really would have thought, um, that we would have seen, that we would have seen one of them in the team this week. What I don't get is Cedric's already fit, right? Because he was at the world cup. Why would, um, why would Maya Yoshida and Jan Bednarek not be fit? That's the problem. Do you think he is fit? Cause he has, I don't think he's looked great so far. You know, I think he got beat around at, at Burnley and I think there's a reason he came off uh, to in, instead of you know pulling Stevens off because uh, even Stevens last week against Burnley seemed to get forward more in a four four two than Cedric was playing in a you know a, as a wing back which you know you would you would obviously assume it was going to be the opposite way around but um, I don't know do you, I'm not, I'm not sure he's he's all the way up up to speed and I think he's playing there more out of necessity now than than uh, maybe out of out of you know desire I guess for the the, the coach to choose him yeah but um. Personally, I, I had Cedric in my fantasy team, like my fantasy Premier League team, and that did work out very well. But um, yeah, I've already transferred him out for Ben Mee's Burnley because I'm, I'm, I haven't been convinced by his performances at all. I, I personally think that uh, we should go. Um, I think we should have kept Jeremy Pa actually because he was actually very underutilized. If you if you agree with me, because he was decent actually. He was. Um, it's just that what's his name, uh, Maurizio Pellegrino. He preferred um, he preferred Cedric the whole time and. I find it a pity because PA would have been a good good uh, player to use at this stage. Yeah, I think I think right now we could have used him, you know. And he, I think he plays well as he played well enough as a wing back. He liked to get forward. He could pass. Um, I'm not sure his one on one defending is is really up for it. But of course, we saw Cedric get beat by Richarlison for a header yesterday, which is nothing <laughs> yeah. nothing new. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, at this point, uh, I'll take anybody who's going to push Cedric to be just just that much better. So. Uh, you know, maybe that's maybe that's Stevens, maybe that's Bednarak. I, I I don't I don't really care who it is, but maybe, uh, maybe Valerie actually. Do you think Valerie will get in the squad this season? No, I don't think I don't think we're gonna see him. Um, but but hey, I if, if he plays well at the under twenty three level, which uh, you know he has, he's played well at youth level in the past. Maybe maybe he'll get a call up if somebody gets injured. But I think I think with Stevens and Bednarak and Yoshida all having played right back in the past, I think we'll see one of them in turn instead of Cedric, if it comes down to that. Agreed. Um, moving forward to the midfield four, uh, Romeo, Lamina, Ward, Prowse, and Redmond. Um, any issues with either, any of them uh, kind of getting the start there? Well, I, I like Lamina. He's talented, but the thing is he doesn't put in a full shift most of the time. Like sometimes you see him absent and uh, he's just not where he's supposed to be, but his flick for Ings' goal, his assist was actually very good in my opinion. And that, in my opinion, is enough to warrant him a position in next week's squad. And I get Hoybeg likes to work really, really hard, and like he's a future captain of the team. But I personally just see Lamina as more of an um. More, he adds a bit of flair to the team, especially when Moyo Yunusi is injured. So I think he should keep his place in the team. 
I guess going back to the formation, there's one other issue I have with it is, is I'm not sure where Armstrong fits in, in this formation. You know, uh, he was obviously on the bench yesterday. Um, I'm not sure if you play a midfield kind of central midfield partnership of Lamina and, and Armstrong. I don't know if that's a, if that's an option. Um, and, and I'm, of course, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a football manager. I have no idea how to, you know, whether you, <laughs> yeah. whether you force, um, you know, whether you change formation to, to adapt to the team you're playing or to the style of football you want to play and, and, or getting all of your, you know, your best players on the field. I, I don't know kind of what the balance is and it's, it's gotta be hard. I mean, granted you have, you have 38 chances to get this right, man. And it seems like you should be able to do that, but with changing uh, uh, fitness and, and everything else, it's, it's obviously not, uh, not, not easy. For the manager um you okay with redmond getting the start after last week i was really impressed with him uh especially the second half of last week uh and he, he spoke yesterday about uh about his his kind of struggles last year and he seems to be he seems to have a bit more confidence this year and i'm i'm excited by that i like watching him kind of when he when he is playing that well um but any i any any i guess any criticism of ward prowse and redmond getting in the starting lineup yesterday well I mean, today, having watched the interview with Redmond regarding his struggles last season, I'm actually really happy with Redmond's performance because, to be fair, he was disappointing last season. And uh, I think Mark Hughes has really rejuvenated him. And he's played really well in the first two games of the season. He must be disappointed not to have had an assist or a goal, but he's been playing really well. But in my opinion, uh, Ward Prowse, I mean, he seems like a bit of a liability because he's a really good crosser of the ball and everything. But until we get Vestergaard on the team to get his head on balls and uh, to to get the, those balls into the goals, I think he's a bit of a liability because we could have someone like, um, for example, we could have Cedric down that right midfield if we played three in defense. We could have perhaps El Yunusi if he's not injured. And I think Ward Prowse, I think he was just a makeshift for El Yunusi today. Like, I, I, I don't think he's going to get in the starting squad much this season. Yeah, and I, and I know that that you know a lot of us want him to to play, and a lot of us want him to do well. And obviously, I don't care who's in the team, really. I want them to play well. But yeah, Ward, I mean, sometimes Ward Prowse is, is is a bit frustrating. Um, but you know, I, he's always slow, isn't he? He's not the paciest. Yeah, he's definitely. It, there's a huge difference when you have Redmond and El Yunusi on on the wings versus having Redmond and, and Ward Prowse. You know, there's a little bit of an of, of a pace imbalance, but. I think Ward Prowse is smart enough and, and versatile enough to get himself into positions to be able to cross the ball uh, and, and and put himself about in midfield a little bit. Uh, but we'll just have to see yep. kind of, he's really going to have to fight to earn a spot. And uh, you know, we always talk about you know, finding him a spot because we don't know where his best position is. He seems to be kind of shifted all over the place, but uh, you know, it's, it's difficult, but finally, I guess in the, in the formation, we, we put two, two up top and Ings, uh, I guess more or less played off of Austin a little bit. He, he tended to drop deeper into midfield to, to pick up the ball and, and help a little bit defensively. Um, what did you make of, of that partnership? Do you think that's the right partnership going forward or would you like to see some somebody else? Well, I'm really happy with things the way he played yesterday because you could see he was really pacey compared to Austin and he was always getting behind those defenders. And I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised he didn't score that chance against Pickford early in the second half yeah. or first half, whatever. Yeah. I was really... I thought that went in. I was already cheering. And my mom was like, oh, look at the TV. It's not in. So, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think I'd rather him play with Gabby Adini because if you would have seen yesterday, there was this one chance where Danny Ings was in on goal and Austin was on the other side of him. I think if Gabby Adini was there, he would have called out a bit more, gone into better space. I mean, Austin's good, but he, he's, he's, got his, he's got his limits. You know what I mean, right? He's going to get injured eventually. 
And I think Gabby Adini is just a more skilled striker overall. And we saw that with Puel. I think he's just better all round. He's more pacey. He's got more. He's got more flair. And uh, Austin's more like a traditional English number nine. So I I think we should go with Gabby Adini instead because he'd suit Ings playing style more. Yeah, and I I think that's something that that Hughes is going to have to look at going forward. Uh, he obviously likes Austin. He likes to, Austin's played a lot of minutes under him. Whenever he's whenever he's been fit, he's been in the team. Uh, Gabby Dini uh, underutilized, perhaps, but I you know maybe he doesn't fit the the style of play and uh, th- that Hughes wants. But we'll ha- we'll have to see. Um, you know, I, I and there there were some people who weren't huge on Hughes when he came in, but I I, I have to give him a lot of credit in terms of of, of what he's done. And so well, same here. I, I, I was very encouraged when he walked in, but I I, I trust him now because he's the one who saved their asses, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because although we talked about uh, the ability to to watch the team when when they're in the Premier League, as soon as you drop out of that, it becomes much more difficult. If you're uh, uh, for me here, at least in the United States, so I'm I'm happy that we're yeah same here we're there. Um, kind of just walking through some of the main points of the game it, once again, uh, a slow start. This is not uh, abnormal for us, I guess. If you look at a lot of matches last season under and the season before under Pellegrino, under Hughes, under Fuel, uh Slow starts are, are are becoming the norm, and it's frustrating. But you know, a lot of early pressure from Everton. We couldn't kind of get out of our own half, um, and it also seemed like like Saints were, you know, the, the the announcers were saying that we were a bit late to tackles, and I'm almost willing to say that no, we were just leaving them in. Like we were we were putting ourselves about. We were kind of establishing ourselves as a, as a physical. There's a physical aspect to the game that that wasn't necessarily always there. Uh, in the past, but uh, what did you make of, of of some of that? And I guess you know even the five red card or five yellow cards, sorry, that were were picked up uh, by the club. I think the team was just frustrated when it came to those yellow cards because I I saw them. They were struggling to get the balls, and they were just looking to get the ball, and they were really desperate because they were just struggling and struggling. And I I have a feeling that this is going to change because the the more we improve our style of play, the less we'll have to worry defensively, and the and the less um, aggressive we'll have to be. And also, the team, they might have been worried that Vestergaard was absent, and uh, maybe that was a bit of a worry, because we already saw how many times Vestergaard tackled the Burnley players in the last game. So, I have a feeling that this is going to change, like, this isn't going to be a permanent thing. Plus, we've got Romeo, who can also sacrifice himself. But the team was probably just, like, making sure they didn't make any mistakes, which obviously didn't work. But um, the yellow cards, uh, they're, they're probably just going to be a temporary issue. And... Uh, well, defensively, I personally think that we, um, I think that we struggled because we were out muscled, obviously. As in Richarlison's goal, he clearly got up, and he's not the tallest guy, but he still managed to get to the ball first over Cedric. And Cedric is starting to become a bit of a liability with those headers, as we saw last season. And I think we're going to have to reconsider that soon. Yeah, and I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll get to the Richarlison header because I have I have thoughts on on whether or not that's Cedric or or whether it's the. Uh... You know the center backs, or even the supply coming in. So we'll 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 kind of touch on that. Um, but but I thought early on, you know, I have no problem with us. You know, I have no problem with us fouling people. I think sometimes you have to establish yourselves. Um, and, and you look at that Everton team. Um, I don't consider Theo Walcott the most physical player. Uh, I don't consider Rich Allison the most physical player. Um, so I think kind of establishing yourselves and, and making life difficult for them, uh, is is fine. Is okay. It's probably what we should do. Um, but I did think that we gave away too many fouls in dangerous areas that allowed Gilfie Sigurdsson to to take set pieces. Um, you saw the uh, 
you know, even early on, the every set piece they had that was going into the box was finding an Everton uh, player. Uh, we we struggle with that, and th- I think that goes to Stevens and Hoot, who last year struggled a lot with uh, dealing with balls in the air, dealing with with uh, kind of uh, the physical outside of the game, and the fact that you know n- they don't seem to have improved on that at all. Um, the the yeah. partnership that we saw. Uh, there's, there's no, I, I don't expect them to become Virgil van Dyke or become a Jose Fon or, or completely change the way they are, but I do expect them to make adjustments and, and get a little bit better. And I didn't see that yesterday, which is, is, is frustrating, but, um, you know, so we, we kind of got lulled into a false sense of security yesterday where it seemed like, you know, this ball is going to go into the box. We just have to stay with our markers. And then, you know, uh, there's this little intricate kind of set piece routine. And, uh, I think Walcott, runs off of Ings, runs by Ings and, and, you know, scores the opener. So uh, I was frustrated by that because I thought that, uh, you know, if you're going to commit those fouls, they have to be somewhere other than, you know, um, a, kind of an, an opportune area for, uh, for the other team to be able to take a dangerous free kick or some sort of set piece routine. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'll, I'll give it to Marco Silva. He really planned that Everton team well, but I'm, I'm pretty disappointed of, um, I'm pretty disappointed in our defense because we could have fought harder for those balls. We could have gone for those balls. But um, having watched the game, I thought we were just we were holding back a bit. Like it's not like we have any Europa League games on our mind or anything. So I'm surprised that we didn't really go all out in the beginning. And just once again, that technique, Marco Silva's training, his drills in in, um, in training sessions, they were they were really effective, and you could see that because Everton were really well drilled and they knew what they were doing. And I guess moving on to the to the second goal, obviously we we went down we went into halftime down two nil. At that point, we had had six shots, uh, only two of them on target. But the, the second goal for Everton, you know, Walcott gets down the line, he puts the ball into the area. Richarlison runs off of Cedric. I, I watched the replay back a couple of times and kind of trying to figure out in real time who was you know responsible for that. And it's it, it is Cedric's marker. The, the Richarlison's playing. He's he's on, he's on the wing on that side. It's it's his man. Certain camera angles, it seems like Stevens wasn't doing anything, but he was actually marking uh, Tosin, and so uh, he's going with him. And Cedric just gets beat by Rich Allerson. And my my worry with this is, you know, this is another header. It's another time that the the team have figured out how to isolate Cedric, the the shortest person on the pitch, probably with with somebody in in the winning a header against him. And that's something we saw a lot last year. And I just wonder if we're as a fan base, maybe maybe even as a club, putting too much hope. And too much reliance on Vestergaard to to sort that out. You know, we we it seems like we've placed a lot of of, of our defensive hope in 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 terms of clearing balls and things like that on one person. And with him out, it, it, we're back to to square one. And I don't know how you see that or how you feel about that. Well, I mean, I completely agree with you that it's it, it shouldn't be all on Vestergaard because nobody plays with one center back, right? But um, honestly, I think we should um, I think we should get what's his name, Benrek in the team. Because he was really reliable last season. Obviously, you can see his um, his debut goal against Chelsea. And, I mean, it, it shouldn't all be relying on Vestergaard, as you said. Because even though he's a new signing, we've got to improve the defense as a whole. And if we don't do that, then I think we're really in trouble. Because, obviously, we can't get new signings and everything. And uh, defense really is a problem. And if we don't improve that in training, like the players themselves, not just the way we play then I think we're going to have a big problem this season. Yeah. There, there was the chance for Ings go, heading towards halftime. Uh, the, the shot from Cedric that I think everybody thought was going to be across from deep. And all of a sudden, it, uh, I think it even surprised Pickford. Uh, he, he spills it and just gets enough on, on, on the rebound when Ings was, 
was there closing him down, which is exactly what we want, right? You want you want strikers who are going to put pressure on the goalkeeper. We're going to force them and, and capitalize on mistakes. And initially, I thought he missed it. Yeah, and initially, I thought um, initially I thought Cedric was going to cross as well. Like, I mean, it, it was a good line or line of play. We can tell this promising things coming from the team, but honestly, I um. I think Ings should have scored that. Like Pickford did really well to get down, but we need to work on our finishing just as last season. Yeah, I, I think if you give Ings another shot at that, he takes care of it. It I don't know. I don't know. I think he was I think he went for power there. I think he was trying to to <laughs> to to make a mark on there. And obviously having played for Liverpool, uh, you know, and and now playing for Southampton, you definitely want to score that goal, but it just uh Yep. Just didn't quite work out, but uh, I, I, you know, he did get the goal yesterday. He got our opening goal of the season, uh, so that that is something we'll we'll get onto that. Um, I, guess, I guess now, kind of, because because I, I mean, heading into halftime, down to nothing, um, getting out possessed, you know, o- almost by two thirds uh, of the possession to Everton. So it's, uh, you know, it, I don't know. I I didn't think we played very well, but the fact that that we could have been only down by a goal going into halftime was was I guess a positive. Um, but down two nil, I. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't really see us coming back from that. I didn't see us uh, getting anything from the game, you know, based on what we saw in the first half. But going into the second half, it, is there, you know, Ings wins the corner. Uh, Ings eventually kind of unmarked in the box to just kind of tap it in. But um, did, you, did you think we improved once again in, in the second half? And if so, like what accounted for that? Well, I think we definitely improved. You could see it because we were we were fighting for every every ball we were aggressively moving forward and um players are getting forward obviously i think we i think hughes gave them a big like smacking on the bum at halftime if you don't mind mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> what i don't get is why doesn't that come at the beginning of the match like why do we always have a good half and a bad half and in my opinion that's what needs to get sorted but um really i think we did well in the second half because that's an improvement like at burnley and if we play like the second half for the whole season, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, maybe we should just make the guys go play 45 minutes before the game actually starts. Like go out there and play yeah, a full half. that would help half. too, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> full, bring in the under-23s, play a full 11-on-11 11 11, uh, as our warm-up, and then go yell at them and make them you know, make them play after that. But I don't know. If... Let's do some match-fixing, make the under-23s win 5-0, and then you'll have motivation <laughs> inside of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I do wonder. You know, they, they they mentioned on the commentary here that that Hughes, I think he only took like eleven minutes or so to get the team back out on the field at, at halftime. Like it was short and and sweet. And I, you know, you wonder what he said, but uh, you know, he he obviously is, wasn't long winded in that and and what went on in there. And he sent the team back out, and they played much better. But um, it's getting yeah, it is getting frustrating for just to say. You know, oh, we played better in the second half, or we're improving, and and you know, you want to see that for the the entire ninety minutes because I think that's what it takes to win uh, Premier League games. So uh, we will we will see. Um, you know, on that note, though, you can't say that that Hughes wasn't going for it. Uh, and, and then one thing I noticed that even when uh, Austin came off and it was Ings and Gabbiadini on, um, Gabbiadini was playing further forward, which I you know I would have always thought that that. Gabbiadini would have played slightly deeper than than the other uh, striker because he's played uh, in a number ten before. He's played. Um, he seems to be a little bit better on the ball maybe than Austin. He seems to be able to to play a pass. But I think Ings has the ability to to see passes and to make passes and to to make uh, maybe later runs and maybe his pace helps him make up for for some of uh, of that playing a bit deeper. But um, I don't know. I don't I don't know what what that partnership up top is going to turn into. I don't know if we're going to see. 
um, us play with a lone striker at any point, or if it's going to if we're going to see the the pairing of Ings and Gabadini. I have, a, I have a feeling personally. I have a feeling it's going to turn into a lone striker with Armstrong and Moy behind um, Ings, and un- unless Redmond plays like off like as a right mid or a left mid, I think we're going to end up seeing a four um, a four three three. Okay. Or maybe a four three two one, where the two are right behind the striker instead of wide on the wings. Because right. I think to fit in the new signings and to get a lot of attacking threat, we're going to have to support Ings because he's right now the best striker we've got, in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I think as long as Ings stays fit, he's going to be in the team probably most weeks. And uh, it, it was good to see him get the goal yesterday. I was happy with that. I just hope that. Uh, you know, I wish it would have been two. That you know, but that's, <laughs> of course, um, yeah. So I, I guess let's let's. Uh, I mean, you have any final thoughts on the match before we kind of move on to some of the questions we got from uh, some of the listeners? Not really, actually. I mean, as long as we play well, like the second half, I think we'll do fine. Yeah, I mean, I guess I will ask: Is it time to panic yet? I mean, we're two games into the season. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think we're gonna do just fine this season. Like. People are still worried about last season, and that's understandable, right? Because we were absolutely sh- we were absolutely trashed last season. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but we don't have anything to worry about. And if and if Mark Hughes doesn't perform, then I think we'll get someone like Big Sam in. Oh, I, I don't think people want to hear that, but yeah, I understand. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and move on to uh, part of the the show where we'll answer some questions from listeners, and you can always do this. Um, we, I usually put out a post on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can respond to that. You can send a DM, uh, you can respond to the story on Instagram, which is a, a pretty popular way for people to do it. Um, it's kind of all up to you. Um, and I think you have a couple questions as well. Uh, I, do you want to start asking one of the questions you got, or you want me to go ahead and, get, and start this? You go ahead. I'll, I'll follow you. All right. So first question comes from, uh, let's see, Tyler, sorry. First question comes from underscore Tyler 76. Um, and he says, what positions do you think we need to improve? What position do I think we need to improve? Um, center back, definitely. And maybe we need a really, really good winger. Like if we were saying currency promise, that would have been a dream window for me. But yeah, I, I really think we need a big, big center back like Vestigard, but someone we can double up on. So we're safe if Vestigard gets injured. Okay. All right. How about you? Um, I don't know. I think I'm kind of happy with the, the players we have this, this season. I, I understand that we're not always going to go get everybody that we, we want. And I think the squad's kind of big already. I think we have a lot of people in the squad and, and you look at, uh, you know, trying to, to determine a, uh, a starting 11, you know, to try to predict that it's, it's becoming more and more difficult. I think last year it was, it was fairly straightforward. Once Hughes took over, you can kind of see where he was going and, and, and who was going to be there. I think this year though, it's uh it's difficult to to see kind of what the best eleven is and what what's going to work the best and so yes especially considering he's changed the lineup now and who knows if he, he's going back to a three five two or what yeah and and I'll be I'm I don't want to I don't know this is going to come off poorly I think but like last year I, I was pretty close a lot of weeks uh, in terms of who was playing and, and what formation we had um, I went with a back three this week in my prediction because I thought this is what we've been working on. This is this is kind of the system that, that he's going to go with, and I got a lot of hate. People were not happy um, that I, that I did that, but um, you know, I just that's kind of what I thought we were going to do. But now that it's not there, I, I don't know. I don't know what what the best pairing is in center back. I don't know what the best midfield pairing is. I don't know how you get 
Armstrong in the team if we're going to play a 442. Um so it's all kind of up in the air for me and I think um I think we definitely need to make sure we have good play from our wingers uh if we're going to create chances and be able to to kind of get up and down the pitch. Uh I think that's going to be really important and I think Romeo if he's going to be the one holding midfielder, he's really got to got to have solid games because uh, if we can't break up the play and protect the center backs, I think we're going to be in trouble. Agreed. All right. Uh, well, go ahead and then ask one of the uh, the questions that you got. All right. Um, based on the performance that we experienced against, uh, this is from an Everton fan, yeah? Based on the performance against Southampton, where do you think Everton will finish in the league? Seventh. <laughs> Seventh? Yeah. I, I, personally, I think 11th. I have a feeling Richarlison is going to get injured halfway throughout the season. Well, if we keep kicking him, then yes. <laughs> and we weren't kicking him. The thing is, he was rolling on the floor to stop our attack, and I got really upset at that, actually. Uh, okay, so uh, hold on. Yeah, that, that's something I, I didn't want to talk about. I saw a lot of complaints from uh, a lot of the fans on um, on some of their reactions and things like that. And I, I'm willing to be wrong in, in what I'm about to say, but... I, I thought that, you know, we look at the five yellow cards we got, the, the fact that we probably... You know, we put in some harsh tackles. Uh, we were definitely putting ourselves about, and I thought we kicked the crap out of him, uh, to be honest. Um, and and yeah. so I, and maybe by the end of the game when he was time wasting and things like that, like I had just kind of shut off. But I thought he was. I thought I thought he was for the most part not acting uh, on a lot of those. Maybe stayed down a little bit longer, but I thought I thought we left it in on him a couple of times. Yeah, I mean that's fair to say, right? But I, a lot of times he just fell down on his own on his own muscle and everything, and he was just complaining all the time, wasting time. And I didn't really like that. Like I'm starting to dislike the guy. He's maybe a new Neymar, but um, yeah, pretty much. I think they're gonna finish 11th because um, to be honest, there's not actually much variety in the squad. If you look at it, like the team that played against us, they they didn't have many new signings, obviously, right? Right. But even with those new signings, the the defense is pretty mediocre. Like. Don't get me wrong, Mean is good, but he's overrated in my opinion. And okay. Digne won't start because Baines is still there. And uh, I don't know. I think they'll come 11th because teams like West Ham, they'll get on their feet and they'll start getting up and getting up and playing well. All right. I I just I guess just I'm gonna go with the with the big the big pundit prediction and just say they're gonna finish outside the top six, but they'll probably be pretty good. And uh, you know, honestly, Marco Silva doesn't have a great track record of finishing seasons. You know, he fell a little bit short at Hull. Uh, you know, didn't make it all the way through the season last year at Watford. So we'll see kind of how he gets on, but um, he seems to have had a, a pretty decent impact on that team. And, and Agreed. in terms of getting uh, you know, the best out of Gilfie Sigurdsson so far and Rich Allerson's doing well for him. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, but in, in terms of just uh, Rich Allerson and, and my, I, I don't, I don't particularly like him either. Um, I don't know why I have no reason for not liking him. And it wasn't just yesterday. I just don't like him very much. Um, but maybe I'm just being rude and mean, but uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, a guy by the name of Hamas underscore Stockley uh, wrote yeah. in and says, was it the right team to play against Everton? I think we kind of talked about that already, but thanks for sending in the question. Um, one last one here for me it says, where will we finish and how many goals will Ings stew? And Moy score, and this is from Leighton underscore Hewlett. So, first off, where do you think you know, based on what we've seen so far, where do you think we're going to finish? It is early, but where do you think we're going to wind up? Twelfth uh, to thirteenth, because I think we'll have a pretty mediocre season. There's going to be a lot of results like today. We'll regret how we played, but 
we'll be pretty far from the drop zone. I'd say like maybe 10 points off the drop zone. Okay. But I don't see us breaking into the top 10 the way we're playing with one bad half, one good half. I think it's, it is going to depend on, on obviously being able to put together a full 90 minutes uh, here and there against, against teams. And hopefully that becomes more of a consistent uh, kind of, kind of idea. But um, in terms of, of goals scored, you know, I can see Ings getting, you know, 10 to 12 if he's fit the whole time. And I would, I would think that Armstrong probably gets five or so. And, and maybe uh, El Nusi, so. yeah. uh, El Nusi, I don't know. I don't I'd know. be happy if he got seven or eight, I guess. I agreed. The thing is, we haven't seen many goals from wingers in the past couple of years, apart from Dusan Tadic, ever since Mane left. But, um, yeah, I, I really hope Moy can be that difference to our team. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully he can. Hopefully he can. I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. I think you, I think you kind of summed it up. But, I mean, I, I think that we would also finish somewhere like 12th, 13th, 14th, somewhere in, th- somewhere in there. I think that's kind of agreed, where, yeah. where, where the squad's at. I think... Uh, I think that's fair, and I, and I wouldn't be disappointed if uh, if this year we, we just saw some some consistent kind of improvement over the over the season, and and we finished there. I'd I'd be happy. Yeah, I have a, I have one other question here from underscore Tyler seventy six again, uh, but we'll yeah. kind of end with with this one because he says if you could have any player from past or present that played for us back, you know, so the currently playing for another team or, or retired now, uh, which one player would you bring back and, and insert into our team? That's an that's an interesting question. Who who would you pick, Matt? Well, I, I guess it's 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 thinking about you know, is it somebody I just want to see play for us again, or is it is it bringing back the the area that we need the most, you know? Um, and and for that, I, I have two I guess different answers. Uh, I never got to see Matt Latissier play in his prime, so I, that's that's always uh, yeah, that's always here. something I want. But I can think of bringing back Alderweireld and pairing him with Vestergaard, uh, and, and that might Ooh, shore that up some nice. things. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if that's, if that's where I should go or if I should, you know, just bring back somebody who can, who can create and score some chances. I would pick Gareth Bale if he was at his level currently. Would you, would you play him? I mean, obviously you play him as a winger, right? Or as a, as a, yeah, a up top, you wouldn't, you wouldn't put him back at left back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking Gareth Bale when he was at his level, when he was here, I'm talking his Real Madrid level, obviously. Okay. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm thinking level when they were at Southampton, I would probably say Jose Font. All right. Yeah, I think I think he would. I mean, I I wish I wish his exit from the team would have gone better. And I I was actually quite upset when he went to China before I got over to West Ham because I was actually looking forward to watching him play. Uh, but anyway, that's that's just me being nostalgic. But um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Well, I mean, do you have any final thoughts? We've kind of gone through the questions and, and thanks to everybody who sent those in. Uh, sorry, we didn't get to, to all of them. And, uh, you know, you know I, I don't know if you have anything else to add before we kind of wrap this up. Not really, actually. I've pretty much said all that was on my mind. All right, all right. Well, uh, of course, as the season goes on and as as we play more and more matches and, and things start to develop, hopefully we'll talk to you uh, again. And I do appreciate your time. Um, people can find you uh, on Instagram at the Saints FC page. Then get to you on yep. Twitter at Dan Twenty Three SFC. Um, the links to both of those are all those are in the show notes, so if people can go find you. Find you there, and I'm sure we'll, you know, this will be pushed out and shared to everybody. If I can get more Twitter clout. Yeah, yeah, more, more, <laughs> more Twitter yeah. clout. I am. Uh, my wife makes fun of me because uh, she just, you know, she goes, "Hey, you got a new follower on Twitter? Does it make you feel better about yourself?" And it's just like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> like, if you could just stop, that'd be great. Uh, but uh, my and my daughter now, whenever I'm on my phone, she goes, "Are you checking Twitter?" And it's just like please stop like leave me alone but anyway uh it, it's all i think it's mostly a, they're all they're all it's all in good fun but we'll, we'll see 
Um, but, but Dan, thank you so much, uh, for, for joining me. I appreciate it. And, uh, we'll be sure to talk to you next time. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks for everything. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed it. Special thanks to Daniel Adam, who joined me from the Saints FC page on Instagram. He's at the Saints FC page and also on Twitter at Dan23SFC. One other interesting thing that happened to me this weekend is I met Neil Crespin, the host of 60 Saints. Uh, he happened to be in LA on vacation. Uh, we met about halfway. We had lunch. Thank you for that, by the way. Uh, had some champagne midday, which is not something I normally do, but it was really enjoyable. And most of all, it was just nice to be able to sit and talk to somebody about Southampton to uh, fill them in on a little bit of the, uh, the the culture and where they were sitting in on the coast of California. And uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. So I, I've said it before, but the people that I have met as a result of this show and as a result of supporting Southampton are really the best thing that what can ever happen. Uh, the football aside. Uh, the people are the greatest thing about this, and uh, I, I appreciate that. So, Neil, it was a pleasure to get to know you. I'll be in your neighborhood at some point, and uh, I'll repay you the favor. So, thanks. Anyway, you can follow this show on Twitter or Instagram at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. You can email the show at SouthamptonDelivery at gmail.com. You can send direct messages, whatever you want. Get in touch. We always love to hear from you. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, uh, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Just search Delivery, hit subscribe, and you'll get the newest episode as soon as it's released. If you've been listening for a while and you like the show, consider leaving a review on iTunes. It really does help. Um, our logo is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Our partner for the show uh, is Jamie and the rest of the guys over at Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Links to all of those things are in the show notes. Music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. The song you're listening to right now that's going to end if I don't hurry is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. That pretty much does it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember that together, we march on.